0: BNP Realm Podcast, Season 2. Once again, this is your host, Brian, and as always, thanks for joining me. Welcome to Episode 13. BNP are for being a peacemaker in a time of culture war. A chat with my pal Dan in Japan. Yep, today's episode is a first for this podcast. An actual guest, my pal Dan Villar, an English teacher in Japan, joins me to find out if he can get a word in edgewise and discover if we can find something to disagree about. The focus of the wide-ranging conversation is the shifting sands of identity and how living for over a decade in Japan colors the lenses we use to view the world. We get into some of the fascinating cultural differences between life in Japan and the US, and then focus on how those differences have impacted how Japan has handled the coronavirus. Dan also tells us about the past year in the public schools in Japan. We also talk about how both of us have peacemaking personalities, and how challenging we find the divided landscape of the culture wars as a result. One way Dan navigates such treacherous waters is by reading widely and one topic that helps him is Stoicism, which he delves into in this Gap Fest. But it's not all serious talk about the issues. Nope, towards the end, Dan will tell you why he finds solace checking out from the madness by driving virtual big rigs across the many regions of Europe. So climb on into your cab, buckle on up, don't forget your pee jug, and join us for this fascinating journey. Hello everyone and welcome to the all new and perhaps improved BNP Realm podcast where it's not just me yakking at you or playing clips of others yakking at you, but me and someone else yakking together who are then, yes, yakking at you. And if you don't like the word yak, well you're listening to the wrong guy. Because not only do I like to yak, I enjoy yak stew. It's the best Mongolian export Outside of sumo wrestlers to Japan, that is. Never mind all that. Today we have a special guest. This guest is not necessarily an expert in anything, he's just an interesting guy who I enjoy talking with and who I am sure I can have an interesting conversation with. Because we are going to open up by talking about identity, here are some of his identifiers. His name is Dan Villar. He's an American, an English teacher. He lives in Japan. He's a father of two. He's white, he's a man, he is an INFP, he's a Taurus, he's an older millennial, he's a part-time Stoic and a full-time lover. Dan, welcome to the show. Did I miss anything?
1: No, it's great, Great uh, great introduction, thank you.
0: Okay, very good. All right, let's get this started. So the first topic here. So living in Japan, as long as we have, we have a different lens to look at the world than our friends who live in the US Do. One of the major differences is that this is a very homogenous culture we live in. The city we live in, which has a population of just under 300,000 people is something like 98% Japanese. And the number of people from English speaking countries is like 0.2, or 0.02%, um, I think. I learned that from my Japanese class at the Kaminkan, which is, I'm sorry folks, that is Kaminkan is community center in Japanese. In other words, we white guys are the super duper minority. And it's not just, it's just on a melting pot culture here. So that means people here tend to not see the world through the lens of race. Yet both you and I are sometimes accused in our online interactions of suffering from white privilege. I'm not gonna deny that this isn't true. And I feel like I've long been sensitive to this and, if anything, I've possibly even overcorrected and have felt a fair amount of guilt over what my white ancestors and fellows have done to other races over the years. But I'm putting all this into context because the lenses you and I wear are pretty unique and, well, sometimes people only see middle aged white guy and then they apply a ton of assumptions about us and ignore this critical aspect of our lived experiences so do you have any thoughts about any of all that
1: uh, uh hold on that's a lot <laughs> uh let me let me think yeah, um, i prepared more than you did so. all right well uh let me think well i'll start with maybe like talking about white privilege um i don't necessarily dis- i don't disagree that i i think there is uh so there is a certain privilege i think in in america anyway definitely not not really i mean yeah even in japan there's i i do think there is some uh privilege to being white over other other races other foreigners but anyway back to america um i i think it's true i do think there is some privilege to to being white absolutely even in this day and age but my issue with it is more so uh I don't really like the, the term. I don't like the name white privilege. I feel maybe it's okay, depending on how it's used. Like if it's specifically, I think originally it was used in um, academia. And in that case, it's kind of okay. But I think that often these days, people use it in a, in a way to shut down speech. So, um, So for example, if we're online, if we're discussing some kind of touchy subject that has to do with like race or um, anything to do with like minorities and I happen to voice a comment, uh, even if I, I feel, I mean, I don't, it doesn't really matter if it's a good idea or a bad idea. It's just an idea. I think you'll get some people, or I've had it where people will push back. And I mean, if they don't agree with me, they'll go resort to saying, oh, you just have white privilege. You don't, Uh, I mean, it's fine if they, they, they want to say like, you don't understand because you're not, um, you know, the other race, that makes sense. But I feel like there, it's a way to say, shut up, basically. Right. (laughs) And I don't agree with that. I don't, I think that's almost always these days anyway, the way that people use the term white privilege is to, to stop conversation.
0: Yeah, that's, I totally understand that. Yeah. Um, As I think I mentioned to you in a message last week, I had a strange experience about a little over a month ago where I was in a group, a Facebook group, and we were talking about that whole, I don't know if you know that like. The scene bears like the mandala effect or have you heard of that at all like it's mm. it's all about this concept that like timelines have like shifted and stuff and like you know oh yeah yeah
1: the, i remember i think the name like uh, if i recall correctly the the name of the writers right Uh, the way it's spelt is that right that when we see it we're like wait a second i could have sworn when i was a kid it was spelt this other way is that right is that what you're referring to yes (laughs) yes
0: yes and people are like theorizing that like oh we've flipped timelines you know there's all this kind of discussion in that kind of community right so anyway this discussion is happening and i just brought up kind of what i thought was innocent reflection that i'd been having like it was a conversation with my friend from high school about um how i get confused about jewish people how to pronounce their names and like cause some like oh, for example the bass player for the disco biscuits his last name is brownstein but sometimes i hear brownstein and i get confused is it stein or steen and so i raised i was tell i was sharing this and saying that you know, like, my friend and I looked into what the cause of this was because I joked about, well, maybe it's like people who live north of the Rhine River or Steins and South or Steins. You know, I was making a joke with my friend, but then we looked yeah. it up on, on the internet, right? And it was like, um, the answer was that when people came to America, they changed it to sound more American. And I, bo- mm-hmm. I can't remember which, <laughs> I still can't remember which is like, I think, I think, um, Stein is the more American and Steen is the more German anyway it doesn't matter but I posted mm-hmm. this and I posted this like a short version of what I just told you and this girl comes back to me and she was like you know don't try to tell me about my culture like you know nothing about it I can tell from your picture and I'm like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was just sharing like a kind of insult um yeah so that was just the, I actually on that day I I was like to me it was an example of someone using this whole cultural discussion about identity in a way that to me feels abusive the way she handled was reacting to me so I I put back a boundary I was like no I'm not going to play that game I'm not going to let you say that to me like that I was merely sharing you know Uh, Mm -hmm. something i learned and i did it in a way too that was like kind of playful and i was kind of questioning it you know there was no like no reason for her to go off the handle and then another girl came in and piled on to me too and it was like i was like all right i just eventually you know it was (laughs) like this you know how facebook gets it's like you you spend like a few hours where you check and then you answer and it was but just like you know i thought we were just having a fun kind of we're I mean, we're talking about the Mandela effect, which is kind of this crazy concept. So, like, why are we being so all of a sudden strict with how we can have a conversation, you know? Like, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah kind
1: of amazing. It it when it first started happening, I think uh I don't know, six. I'm gonna say about six years ago, it just really kind of I was like, What? <laughs> like it really surprised me. But ever since then, I it's uh, like uh well not not for me personally, it's not a daily occurrence, but I mean I i see it online quite often (laughs) like when i'm checking comments and stuff it seems like it's a very common occurrence that trying to shut people down for yeah not not being a minority not understanding so (laughs) well yeah it's um i think
0: i've heard people refer to it as like there's um there's the uh identity olympics or something that's not the right phrase but it's like the lower like the more oppressed you of of a cult of an identity group you come from like the higher Mm -hmm. up you are in the in the hierarchy you know yeah in the new new hierarchy and so that means like the higher up you are and the traditional you know white men get to go down to the bottom yeah and um, that's the problem I, I have with a lot of this is that to me what we're trying like the the goal and I'm fully for this goal and I've always have been is like we're trying to create a culture where of equality where we treat each other as equal human beings everyone's unique and has great value right and mm-hmm. so the idea that like okay these these have been the oppressors all these years and these have been the oppressed and now we're just going to flip it it's like we're still playing the same fucking game you know <laughs> like, yeah yeah I and, agree. Then, and that's and, and you know and then but if you bring that up there you know you can get that like that anyway i just To me i think we're trying to break out of that game and i think that's what we've been trying i mean really that's this has been going on for you know a long time like the civil rights movement and all that so it's not like this is new but just i don't know i i and like you know i shared with you that brett weinstein podcast where he was on stage there in clubhouse Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they had this like rebellion you know or a coup of of I think it was African-American, Black people that came up and, you know, kicked off all the white people. And it's just like, that's not having a conversation. Like, that's not how we're going to get through this is like, we, if, you know, if you're responding to like bad treatment with more bad treatment, you're not going to get, you know, it's just going to be just bad treatment. It's just a different form. You know? It just has a different flavor, you know, or a different. So,
1: yeah, yep. I don't know if you have any other, any other thoughts on that, but no, not not, really, not that I can think of, but yeah, I think you covered it. We covered it. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I could talk a lot about it, but I think we've probably said. So tell me about
0: like, um, because this is where I think people miss out. And I just, I noticed it today, one of the, in my thread that's going on, there's some two people on my, my thread that I try to, you know, you and I, okay, this is a thing, listeners, I'm going to speak to the listeners directly. Dan and I, I think really try to like, Ridge people and find like the both and and like play peacekeeper a lot of the time and it's really i find that it used to be really appreciated but and it still is to a degree but a lot of times in this modern in this culture now the culture wars are so intense that people almost and i've read this before about um pacifists in time of war that people hate the pacifist more than they hate the people in the war because they're refusing to play the game and so as a peacemaker in a time of war like both sides end up being like no fuck you (laughs) like you're not not choosing sides you know and i don't know if you've gotten any of that in the last year where like you need to choose a side have you heard that at all from people
1: yeah absolutely i mean i think um uh, well i wanted to i don't know maybe you were going to bring this up later but uh i always used to consider myself on the left end of the spectrum a liberal right and I, I felt that way all the way up until like um probably about 2016 or or possibly to some degree during obama's second term i started shifting or i don't that's the thing i don't think i really shifted but um oh right i was going to go back to all right around 2016 or and 17, I still considered myself a liberal, but I couldn't understand where um, a lot of people on the left were like they didn't resonate with me. They don't. They weren't. Um, I felt very different than I, I felt. Uh, I criti- I felt like I, I criticized them quite a bit on on Facebook. But I still felt a part of them. Like when I criticized them, it's not that I, I was opposed to them. I just wanted them to try to see things from a different point of view. But mm. people thought that I was not a liberal. Like people started thinking I was a Trump, like hardcore Trump supporter, which I wasn't at all. Right. And right. Uh, I, I just don't. It's like if you have a slightly different view than than the mob you're instantaneously like considered part of the other side right and kind of because of that i think i actually started becoming siding more with conservatives and liberals be, because they i feel like just because i criticized them they kept on sort of telling me right
0: pushing <laughs> i'm a, I'm you a on. conservative
1: and then i kind of became one
0: <laughs> right i don't right. know it's weird yeah yeah, as though, and the thing is, you're talking. It's like, as though there are only two sides. I mean, to me, that's one of the big problems that's going on right now. It's like everything being simplified into this either or. You know, team red, team blue. You know, it's like. Yeah. Um. I mean, because I've always, you know, I've identified also as left and liberal, and I still do. But it's like I, I've always been independent. Like I've never. I, you know, in Washington state, we didn't have to identify. um, And even for primaries, we don't, I don't think we do anyway. um, You know, we don't, we don't have to say I'm a Democrat or Republican and I, and I won't identify with either party because I feel like they're both so flawed at this point. And, um, but, you know, it's just like, I want the freedom to be able to, to move with, how i grow and how i evolve and like if the parties aren't moving in that direction then i'm still stuck with the party then you know uh, but
1: but yeah yeah it's, a, uh, it's a weird thing yeah i for the most part can, have always considered myself an independent too and i don't like to i don't really like to take a i don't like to consider myself a republican or democrat but it seems like yeah people People like to label, like, like say, like label you as being being one. You know, right,
0: bad. right. And I mean, I just feel like so many of these labels, um, they're just not accurate. You know, like I mean, left and right, like they everything to me right now. What's happening in our culture is everything's kind of blending together, and things are flipping. And there's just this weird. It's very. Um, I was on a call this morning. Uh, one of the rebelism calls and we were talking about psychedelics and it's very psychedelic what's happening in the collective consciousness and so the idea what happens a lot of times when people have psychedelic experiences is they um their ego will make them latch even harder onto things and certainty you know so that's what i think is happening a lot in the culture where people are like this is my team this is you know and so it's like And if you're not on that team, then you're on the other team and they they want to make it as simple as possible because everything's become so complex and it's all blending together, you know? Yeah. Um, And to me, it's like, I guess, because I came out of the psychedelic experience of movement or whatever, like I have comfort in that space. And so I find it like I found like 2020 that this is one of the most challenging aspects was just being like having that ability to, to, be a bridge builder. And the, like, I've always been like, even in high school, like I was never, I was always, I had athlete friends. I had artist friends. I had, you know, I had friends in all cliques basically. And I could go to each party. Like I was accepted, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. I feel like nowadays, now we're getting into this real tribal world where it's like you don't leave your tribe and go on the other tribe. And if you go to the other tribe, it's like you're suspected and, you know, and so there's all this weird, like, um, and it's just hard it's hard to like psychologically i find it really tiring you know yeah absolutely i agree yep. but what about japan i mean here we are in japan and uh you know it's like that obviously colors our perspective on things you know like like you were mentioning before that we act, as white people we do have some privilege here being in japan um
1: mm-hmm.
0: one of the ones i'm going to mention that i think we have and i use is with this this concept of the gaijin card which yeah have you have you ever heard that or right have we talked about that before or do you know what? I'm oh yeah about?
1: yeah definitely I you use... <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah it's do you want me to explain what it is or did you want yeah to...
0: if you want to go ahead and get a sh- crack at it then i'll try to fill in any exactly
1: so... okay um it's like um because you know i think most japanese people assume that us foreigners have like a don't don't know the language um we we can some sometimes get away with stuff that regular japanese people would not be able to because we can blame it on not knowing the language so um i'm trying to think of like a situation maybe just you know simply Going to like uh an area like a park area that has a sign that says do not enter. We we could probably, you know, enter the park and then just uh someone right. tells us you can't do that, It'd be like, Oh, I didn't sorry. <laughs> right, right, so yeah. Some, yeah. something like that's a something good example. like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, just yeah. off the top of my head. And yeah,
0: it's yeah, it's language and it's also like you know, we don't like Japanese culture has a lot of unwritten um unspoken rules that we're not expected to know and i'm glad I, i i'm actually thankful that we aren't because it's really hard to know even having been here 16 years um but like another another aspect like the more i guess you could say uh troublesome or negative like the gaijin card you can also use it to kind of wiggle your way out of like you know you've done something that's like not necessarily correct but you can kind of use it to like get out of things because it's just like you know i'm for yeah. or what you know like i mean your example to me is like a, it's a minor one but um yeah and then and then there's also ones where like the one that i've used before is that um old men here japanese men speaking of hierarchy they're on the top like and so as a result some of them will kind of abuse that position and one way i've seen it happen is at convenience stores i've seen old men cut in the front of the line mm-hmm. and i have at that time played the gaijin card occasionally and like tap them on the shoulder and pointed to the back of the line <laughs> and, <laughs> and okay they're kind of shocked by that but and yeah. so the people in line but at the same time you know there is a line and we're all waiting and so I think the people in line are kind of like thankful for me doing that and you know like you know maybe maybe they might be a little bit worried about the you know here everything's about social harmony and stuff and you're disturbing the what they call harmony is wah like don't disturb the wah and just let them go you know they don't they don't their conflict is not good here but mm-hmm. at the same time, I think in that case, I'm playing the Gaijin card to enforce a rule of general fairness and respect for each other, you know, like we're all waiting in line, dude, like, you know, um, yeah, so, you know, that's an example. There's a little gray area there, but um,
1: I've done that before. <laughs> You know? <laughs> that's cool I don't think I could do that you're you're much taller than me so I'm yeah. not intimidating even even in Japan I'm not intimidating I'm small I think I'm smaller than the av- even like the average Japanese male here so
0: <laughs> right right yeah I probably yeah, I,
1: fit I, very well <laughs> yeah that's yeah you're lucky you're in, in shoes it's, yeah it's great yeah. Yeah. yeah everything yeah. fits very well in Japan it's the other I've way actually, around in America <laughs> yeah
0: I've actually gotten worried like my shoes are getting kind of a little ratty I'm like oh crap I gotta find a way to get shoes because I don't have any U.S. trips planned it's usually what I do is I load up on shoes when I go home um yeah but good I idea. can I can order there's I can get stuff online or something um but yeah like you know just as far as you know, you've been here. how How long have you been here? How many years have you been in Japan? Uh, like twelve, almost thirteen 12, right, years. Twelve right. years. So it's becoming, you know, that's a good portion of one's life, and it becomes a part of your identity. You know, it's like, like it or not, you know, like you live in Japan, so you start. I don't know about you, but I feel like I've picked up aspects of this culture that I didn't have before. You know, for better and for worse. Um, yeah. And so people, but people don't see that when they look at a Facebook profile. They, you know, they they don't know you. They just see your name, and they see, you know, man, white. I mean, they don't you don't see that much. And so, um, for you and me, like bringing up the whole the, the problematic term cancel culture, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: I had, you know, I had this experience a few weeks ago where I, you know. My issue with the cancel culture is more that I believe, just like we were talking before, that conversation is of the utmost importance. And when we try to limit people's ability to converse, um, we can't work our, work our way through problems individually and collectively. Um, there's an old Pink Floyd song that's in my head right now. Not a very good one, but uh, that's okay. It's from their '94 album, "The Division Bell." It's got mm-hmm. like it's called "Keep
1: Talking." You know that song? Um, I know, I know the Division Bell. I I like it, but I'm not really familiar with the, yeah. any of the lyrics, so um, yeah. you'd have to refresh my memory. Yeah, there's just a, like
0: the, the the scientist Stephen Hawking. They have like this kind of clips of him, and it's the whole point of the song. It's just like no matter what we do, we have to keep talking, and it's like so. Um, that's my issue with, you know, the cancel culture. And again, I mean, I don't want to go too much into that, but there, the, you know, people have said, well, the cancel culture has been going on for years. Like someone, yeah. But you know, I think it now it, again too much. It, it's gotten to a, a degree, and I think there is enough pushback coming. I do worry that it's too much. Again, just like last year. Where everything everything now just gets filtered into the left versus right, you know, thing in in America, and it just makes it hard for Americans to really, I think, make sense of things. Um, mm-hmm. And you and I being outside of the culture, I think that gives us um, some advantages because we're not immersed in that. You know, like if you and I want to, it's real easy for us to be like, all right. Screw it! I'm I'm out. I I'm gonna shut down my computer and check out of America. And we can because we're in Japan. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We want like if you're in America, like if you go to the grocery store, you know, let's say last year you were arguing with people about masks or no masks or whatever, and then you got frustrated and you go out. Well, then you might run into somebody out in the world that's having the same argument. You know? So I, I have a lot of I grew last summer. I grew with a lot of compassion for americans because i was like they're really in the thick of all this and i still have that but yeah anyway i'm kind of rambling on go ahead
1: oh no yeah i was just gonna add on it i found i find it a bit bizarre actually that um i would would have thought that japan would have been like the strict between america and japan i would have expected japan to have been the more authoritarian country Mm. um Mm. because it's just part of the japanese culture for better or worse Mm. um you know like at first it i it actually kind of started that way because we in japan we got uh we started getting cases of corona before america did i believe yeah and or at least known cases Mm -hmm. and and i was really worried at the time because they did start like telling us to wear masks and then they shut down school and then we went to like the uh supermarkets and all the all you know all the toilet papers and this all happened before any it happened in america right it and like i was two like weeks before yeah. yeah and i had posted photos on facebook of like all i went to like seven different supermarkets <laughs> i took photos of like the the you know right. note there's no toilet paper and people are like oh my god that's crazy and then like some some friends said like oh wow thanks for like the warning he was like the only person that saw that this could potentially happen in America. And then two weeks later or something, or a month later, <laughs> the yes, same yeah. thing happened. Right. Right. But yeah. oh, oh, anyway, I was going to say, yeah. So initially I feel like Japan had kind of uh, authoritarian kind of the, the government took that approach and I'm not necessarily, I don't really agree or disagree. I mean, whatever it was unexpected and stuff, but then they seemed to like loosen up a lot for mm. like that first month or two after that i feel like it really was like business as usual the only real difference is you just um you know wear a mask and that's not even really that enforced especially if you're out and about the only the only place it's enforced is like at schools and at businesses and stuff like that but the government can't or i'm actually i'm not sure about that i think it's quite complicated by based on the constitution to try to force people to do it but anyway like it really surprised me that in America, um, not all of America, but certain states, and well, actually, America in general, I think, went way more authoritarian than than Japan. Yeah. And it surprised me because America is kind of founded on that idea of like freedom, and you know, like there's a war fought to like do be be allowed to be independent and make your own choices. Right, but I'm seeing, a, you know, a lot of states, they, they made it, they, I think it's, is it like in California and New York, was it actually technically illegal to go out outside without a mask on or is that? I think
0: so, maybe, yeah, yeah, I think that's the case, yeah.
1: I'm not yeah. so sure, I don't know, I mean, I'm, a, I and think I, it's, oh, good.
0: Um. Well, there's a lot of directions I could go, do you have something else you wanted to finish with?
1: Oh, so I was going to add on in more the masks aren't such a bad thing i think it's more so that they uh in america they told the government told certain businesses that they're non-essential they right. you know like i don't know how they necessarily determine that you know and what right. what i think is really sad is that all the mom and pop stores are going out of business and uh, going bankrupt while big corporations like Amazon and Walmart mm-hmm. and I don't know, you know, a bunch of other things are are actually gaining from the situation. It's, right. it's really sad, I think. Right,
0: and I, I think um, there's a couple of things there. First about Japan, like one thing I use is I, I, as you know, I like integral theory and like Japan is a culture, is more a traditional culture. And what I mean by that and America is more based in modern, in, in the mm-hmm. integral framework. And in the modern framework, that means like the government will use legal code to create like the collective social, you know, um, behaviors. Where in the traditional, more, there is more, it's not always necessarily put into the legal code. And so, um, And also, Japan is a collective culture by nature. And so here, a lot of like things that are enforced are done more just by like, we suggest you all do this, and then everybody's in this collective mindset, and so they just do it. So they don't need to make a law, you know?
1: That's that's true. That's a good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's like... People, they, you know, it's like, hey, everybody, we should wear masks. And, you know, as you know, like here in Japan, like every winter, a lot of people wear masks as it is. So it wasn't that big of a culture shock to them like it was to the U.S. to all of a sudden have people walking around in masks. Um, but, you know, and I've made this point to some of my liberal friends, like, you know, like like you were saying, like the U.S. is founded in this idea of individual and freedom. And the more that that feels threatened i mean you're talking about we're talking about identity like we're when the government's like making up sudden rules that never existed before and then saying you know you have to do this it's gonna and people are questioning that you know and it's gonna and and the the harder you push from the government the more that individual instinct because i have that that's my personality type is like i have that freedom drive you know and so it's like I, I question if I'm like, well, wait a minute, is this the right thing to do? And I'm, I've always been like master fine indoors and in crowded areas. But like when, you know, the idea that I'm hearing in the U S now, like people are going hiking and you're on a trail and you're 50 feet from someone and they give you, a, <laughs> they give you a dirty look. Cause you're not wearing a mask. It's like, you know, and so there's like, it's interesting to me how, like, it's just that the level of kind of like again digging into the team this i mask or i'm anti-mask and it's just like
1: yeah um, i'm i'm kind of curious to be honest if uh what would have happened if those states that like made it mandatory that you wear masks i'd be curious if like about the results of how many people if they hadn't made it mandatory and just said you know we suggest that you wear them right i'm curious if more people would have actually worn masks if they had hadn't right. make it made right. it uh, mandatory because i think the in america anyway the a big reason why i mean this is just my guess i have no clue if it's i have nothing to base it on but like i i would just i wonder if um you know americans would have been more willing to wear masks had no there was if there weren't if there wasn't any authority like telling them to do it so right, i think yeah. it's just part of our nature to i think i've already told you this it's part of uh i think american nature to say no <laughs> if someone right. if someone tells you to do something yeah. so will comply i think i mean well not everybody definitely definitely people that won't comply but i think more people would be willing to be like yeah i'll, I'll wear a mask you know if you suggest it politely. right 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 <laughs> but exactly. i'm not gonna yeah. i'm not gonna do it if you're like you have to wear a mask or i'm gonna we're gonna fine you five thousand right. dollars we're something. gonna fine
0: you five thousand dollars and call you a bad person and all this stuff. yeah i mean you know there's just so much of that feeling of and so people then yeah it's like you feel like people don't want i mean i think that's also a human nature people don't want to feel pressured into doing something that they're not comfortable with you know and it's like and just adding more pressure um doesn't like it actually it's kind of related but way back when i first came to japan there was one day i had to go like down and get some paperwork filled out and i went to this guy and the you know it was like in the city hall here and i couldn't understand something on the paper and the guy starts like talking to me like in really loud you know this is a city employee like really loud japanese and like circling the thing and like just talking louder and louder and it's like that's not what was needed there that pressure you know it's like i didn't (laughs) understand i didn't understand so um and i just think that there was so much of that tension in america last year and still it continues but um you know just around these issues and now everybody's become so it seems like there's just so much kind of like I'm in this camp and I'm in this camp and now we're not talking with each other and you know like okay is that really where you want to be um and, and and demonizing the other you know like I'm very concerned after um the thing that happened the, the storming of the capital you know like all these new laws about You know they're talking about laws for domestic terrorism and you know now with the events of the past week all these new hate crime legislations and it's just like it just seems like america is like i said going back to integral theory is like it's going just more and more laws 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 as though that's the only possible way to solve problems you know it's like um i don't i just don't think that i don't think that's going to work and i think it's creating a lot of the problem they're trying to solve they're actually just creating in a way or intensifying and um,
1: yeah yeah I think so too I agree <laughs>
0: yeah yeah well we agree too much that's the problem I'll have to yeah. I'll have to come up <laughs> with something here that we can disagree on okay um let's see here let's see here but yeah like we do you know um I heard one person a journalist and person who I've admired for several years Glenn Greenwald Uh um he you know he lives in brazil and does he yeah and yeah he was he was on a little little plug here for they don't need it (laughs) the crystal and kyle and friends podcast with crystal ball and kyle Mm kominski and he was on like a couple weeks back and he was they were talking to him about the same thing we're talking about now like living outside of the u.s like what what kind of view does that give you and he made a comment about how like it gives you a bird's eye view but what the downside, what you miss is that, like, if you're like, you can either be above it and looking down and see it like the big picture, maybe a little clear, more clearly. But then those that are down in it can see what's going on in the details more clearly. And yeah. so, you know, that's I think one thing you and I, we, we are going to miss stuff because we're not there. We're not immersed in it. You no,
1: know? oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do so, you
0: have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think, um, <laughs> there you go again, agreeing. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damn <it>. Disagree. <laughs> no, yeah, well, it's going to, yeah, it's complicated. Like, I think uh, we have some benef- benefit and we also have a, a disadvantage. I think that you, you, you said it. Like, uh, the way I'd explain it is, yeah, it's like by being away from it, we don't have the peer pressure of like. I mean, if you're living in America now, you're seeing coworker. Well, actually, maybe you're not because you're in, you're indoors maybe nowadays. But but anyway, you've got more you have got more interaction with friends with coworkers. Um, you're probably seeing the media much more often than we are. Well, actually, no, maybe not. But you're you're experiencing firsthand like people. You're interacting with people, so you've right. got what I, I would consider peer pressure and you've got your group of close friends. And so um, when it comes to like politics and views on things such as like views on the coronavirus and how to deal with it, I think that uh, if you're living there, you don't get an opportunity to really stop and and meditate on like um, if you exactly agree with your friends or like if you, you know, like there's just so much pressure I think that you might not be able to actually think in your own way you're not able to process things and determine if that's really the way you think whereas living here we don't really have any peer pressure except for being on on uh, on social media we get we get some some peer pressure there but overall i think we're able to take the time and Observe the news and not act as react as emotional. We can kind of think about it a lot more, and um, yeah, we I think we can be more true to ourselves when it comes to our feelings or our thoughts about political issues and stuff. Right. But right. but yeah, the disadvantage I think is that we we're we're not there, so we don't exactly know what it feels like to to go through these things like um, it's definitely probably a different experience if you actually uh, you're walking in the supermarket and you see what it's actually like under uh under corona the, the current conditions with corona or the political atmosphere and stuff Oh no, it's complicated. But I think we have, anyway, we have a different perspective. That's all, and I think that's unique, and that's, uh, it is, it is a benefit to some degree. And I think it would be nice if people could hear our voices about things, right? Or at least, at least understand where we're coming from, and not like, uh, it really annoys me. I know it annoys you too on on Facebook when people will. It's kind of like the. uh, white privilege thing people will say because we're living overseas that like our voice doesn't matter Mm -hmm. and i i don't mind so much that they say when they say things like well you don't live there uh you don't live in america so um me i wouldn't mind it so much if they're like maybe you don't exactly understand it because Mm. you're not here Mm -hmm. and i agree with that that's Mm -hmm. true but Mm -hmm. it really annoys me when they just say like you don't understand that you have no clue what you're talking about. You live in Japan. You've lived there. Right. You've lived there for too long. That like right. really, yeah. And it's like, uh, it annoys me because it me, makes me feel like I'm no longer American. Like I'm no longer a part of my own country. And I think right. it's really depressing seeing cl- people I'd con- consider close friends saying that, you know?
0: Right. Right. It's actually, it's a, it's a, um, I think that's actually an expression of the love it or leave it. Mentality,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where it's like, because I've had people from the right and from the left say this to me, you know, that saying that you know, and it's like this idea: well, you left America, so therefore you don't obviously care about it, you know. And it's like <laughs> you didn't <laughs> love it, I you left it. But I'm
1: like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like,
0: well, actually, if I didn't care about it, I wouldn't spend all this time talking to you about it. You know, <laughs> like think yeah. it through a little bit, but um, you know that. But yeah, I think, and that's like why last summer I really did get off, even though I had a lot more free time, I got off Facebook for, because I, w- I was feeling that I couldn't feel into the actual felt experience that Americans were having, you know, and so, and I wanted to give them the space to process it and not have me and my ivory tower of Japan, like giving, pontificating on the nature of... America from my big picture perspective is, you know, my mom was saying to me, you know, Brian, you just don't understand how intense things are here. And, you know, the, and like she was kind of sometimes pushed back at me for not taking the kind of left critique of Trump more seriously. And, you know, and it was like, I understood it. I totally understood it. But like, you know, but she would just say, like, you just don't understand how divisive things are here and, you know I'm like and he feeds into that atmosphere and you know and so I'm like okay you know and so when i was hearing that a lot last year like especially in like may and june and that's when i was like all right i guess maybe it's better for me to just take a step back and not need to not need to have my say you know um, yeah because yeah, they are sometimes going I, a tough time you know
1: yeah i agree sometimes i yeah i feel like maybe i and not these days i definitely don't put po- i used to post a lot of political things and i, I think yeah sometimes it's better maybe not to get a yeah you know, no, right
0: comfortable so, yeah and i mean yeah like on that i mean i notice like i have to ask myself if i post something i'm like do i really want like am i hoping to spend time on facebook today because this is going to possibly stir up some conversation and you know um mm-hmm why like the whole question like why am i posting you know I, I try to ask myself that a lot and like be discerning and not just like because i probably used to do a lot more of what i call shit stirring you know just to kind of get you know in a, i don't think in a negative way but in a way to get conversations going you know like um i feel like sometimes people settle in where the shit has gotten so this is a disgusting analogy but where the shit has gotten so tight that you got to stir it up a little bit and then the shit can be free i um, don't yeah (laughs) yeah i dig
1: that i like those Those are those are good entertaining (laughs) yeah
0: right and like but some people don't like them so much but um let me ask you about um we are talking a little bit about coronavirus but i'm curious about since you're a teacher here in japan and i quit teaching last year at this time so i didn't like i'll just briefly recap if anybody's listening to my podcast they kind of know this but um you know we last day of february suddenly the schools were shut down it was like a thursday night here and then the next day they had one day all the teachers had one day to get the kids all their stuff to like go off to spring break which was supposed to be you know the end of march um and then so i i was still teaching until the end of march but basically all my classes were canceled and your classes as well and we Mm -hmm. had this kind of month of like heck's going on and so that was our experience last year but then i was done at the end of march but you kept teaching Mm -hmm. and um you know it's been a different experience here in japan about how they've handled the schools from what i remember uh they reopened on the day of the entrance ceremony in april
1: and they had entrance
0: ceremonies and then that night they closed them up again
1: <laughs> yeah yeah for one month yeah, for, yeah. And
0: it was like well for one month and then they extended it so it was like they went back in like early June if I remember right that's when the classes began um, oh is
1: that right I could I think, have sworn we'd start maybe or May. yeah Pretty you might sure. be right I thought sure. I, for some reason I thought we started in May but anyway yeah we started so there was we, at least two or three year.
0: months there of like yeah. yeah there was the end because just to make sure everybody understands it's the year here ends in March and starts in April the school year um, yeah so it was like there was that end of the year was cut off and then like the first month or two uh, but then yeah. since june um mm-hmm. schools have been going and you know here in japan the schools are public schools are generally pretty uh uniform across the country i mean there are some differences based on cities a little bit but it's not that different it's more uh national um mm-hmm. and as far as i know across japan public schools have been in action since june and no there's been no and also one more thing during that time and correct me if i'm wrong but during that time when the kids were home in last in the spring there wasn't any online classes like you weren't kids weren't taking class it was just like they were home and teachers were going to school and
1: well i think they had um i think they had homework though like they they had had homework oh yeah they had homework if i recall correctly they had like um they they gave them like a week week's yep. worth of homework and then towards the end of the week I think some I don't think it had to be necessarily the student but it could be their parent yeah Are yeah you no sure I did that to... yeah with oh, my okay. daughter
0: yeah I had to go over to the elementary school like a couple of times and like my wife yep. called can you bring Ivy's homework over to the school and give it to the teacher so yeah yeah um, okay. but yeah it was just it was just homework and you know um, yeah but there was no experimentation here with online
1: classes in the public schools i know in some of the private schools that some of that happened, i think but... in tokyo there might have been some okay. but but every pretty much everywhere else where there wasn't like it wasn't hard hit with corona it was yeah all uniform and yeah. um yeah uh, did you want me to say what it was like the experience Is that we yeah were tell gonna... me i mean anything
0: that comes up like um i'm curious about like yeah whatever how how it was different from teaching before, like, once you
1: got back blind, oh. um, um, really not, not, I mean, i probably not too, too much different. Um, Let's see, well, Wait, first yeah, of all, before
0: I, before I go on, you're yeah. teaching in only elementary school this year, is that right? Yeah, yeah,
1: only, okay. yeah, I've taught, I've taught all, all different schools. But right now, uh, the past f- uh, almost four years, I think I've been teaching at an elementary school. And okay. anyway, yeah, so uh, this, this past, uh, school year just ended like or well tomorrow it will end tomorrow but this past year this past school year um we yeah everybody has to wear masks um the desks have to be uh I think two two meters away from each other so there's some social distancing um I don't really follow too much about like uh PE events but I'm I'm assuming. I think they changed that a bit. Mm-hmm. Like they had problem. They they cut some of the activities. There is no in the summer um, schools in Japan have pools, and they weren't allowed to use the pools this right. year. Right. Um, they weren't allowed to go on their uh, field trip, which they normally go to uh, Yokohama and Kamakura. I believe. Is it come? Oh yeah, or Tokyo. Uh, I don't. I don't recall can't remember yeah tokyo anyway in yokohama but as far as in school teaching goes um in previous years at elementary schools we mainly tried to have the students do a lot of like pair work and interaction and hands-on games like we would do a lot of um what we'd call in japanese karuta or in english i guess that'd be called slap you know you touch touch a card and uh, I mean, you you call out a vocabulary word and the students touch it as quickly as possible or slap it as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So there's no, as much as possible, or actually I don't think I did any card games this year. I made it so that there wasn't any real physical contact as far as like handling um, cards. I, I handed out worksheets, individual worksheets. And as far as like teaching goes, it actually seemed more similar Uh, I mean, I could, I kind of had control of how I could handle the classroom. But I think, from my experience anyway, the way I taught it was maybe more similar to how in America you would kind of teach a typical class, which is like I'm at the front of the classroom and I would, it was more like me interacting with the students a lot more so than them getting um, hands on student to student practice. Right, right every Every class I would have them do that, but I didn't have them we didn't have them intermingle as much. they mainly stuck to like two or three partners a class um and what was I gonna say oh as far as like it's funny like in between classes like in the locker i mean not the locker <laughs> the, the uh the hallway they um they they kids are kids you know they don't they don't really. Right uh go by the rules they just they hug each other they uh they're they're very touchy-feely and stuff and i i don't i don't know if nobody told me if i should try to stop them or not but i chose i chose not to because i mean it's you. i mean i don't it's i don't want corona to spread but at the same time it's like it's human nature and they're not really doing anything bad so
0: right right yeah yeah and our as uh, alts generally <clears throat> we we've been told over the years to
1: <clears throat>
0: hold on to uh, not kind of enforce discipline and that sort of thing so um yeah i generally would just be like kids want a hug kiss high <laughs> five go for it you know like uh not my role but um you know, as far as the PE stuff, you know, that I know, I remember now that my daughter's sports day, which is in October here uh, at our school, I remember it was kind of strange because um, everybody, you know, every, all the parents were all wearing masks, okay, whatever, that's fine, Uh, but (laughs) the thing that I was kind of, to me, was the most odd was, like, they weren't, we weren't allowed to, like, cheer like vocally
1: uh, like, we were supposed oh, that, to just oh,
0: kind of clap quietly you know
1: that's right i i totally forgot about that i guess in um <laughs> music class the way i understand it, they can't they can't sing at their regular uh voice or what is it decibel right, whatever is right. that the correct word <laughs> but yeah they they have yeah. to like kind of mumble as far as i i, I can tell and in my class i think in english classes too they're technically not really supposed to be uh, speaking loudly but i yeah i don't really <laughs> i'm pretty right. bad i don't really enforce it so
0: yeah it's just kind of a weird like yeah i mean i don't know some of that i think is probably taken things a little bit too far especially you know this is another thing for people to be aware of where we live here um and just japan in general i was just looking at the stats yesterday like japan's just not been hit by coronavirus like a lot of places you know like japan is top you know out out of uh, number of cases per 1 million number of deaths per 1 million japan is like in both of those it's like 141st or something in the world
1: yeah yeah uh, yeah,
0: and and where we live it's like you know i i I haven't looked at those stats recently but for the longest time it was like uh, i would be surprised now if it's more than a few hundred deaths you know like it's just not it's just so non-existent compared to you know a lot of places yes. especially the u.s so um
1: kind of weird because i think well i guess it's because everybody yeah. maybe maybe because everybody wears masks but it's kind of weird because yeah. that population is very elderly you would think it would be right compared there's to america that,
0: and there's also another interesting stat that's strange to me is like you know for a while there here in our prefecture here which you know state in the u.s um there was like uh, a state of emergency for five cities but the city we live in which is the biggest city wasn't on that list like it was one of the few big cities that was this one and then the capital city the neighboring city next to us and the odd thing is that this city here is the transportation hub to tokyo and yeah. so you and Tokyo's where the coronaviruses had the most cases so you would think logically that we would have worse situation, but this city's actually been like one of the best in the in the area. So
1: there's a well, lot the of weird I, stuff like
0: that. Like when yeah, I don't really get you know the
1: the way I understood it from I mean this is just I heard from my mother in law I think is that like that area that was affected which is uh, was eastern Gunma right. was, was uh, around Ota, a city called Ota in Ota the east that's right yeah and, and and around that area has a very high Brazilian and Peruvian and I think South American population. And I mean, this this might be just like kind of kind of racist. I was somewhat. just like going to say that, but but I, I I heard that this is just from some Japanese people. I've heard of, that they they thought that the incoming population That's, from there might have been yeah, spreading it due, that due to the. I mean, yeah. And I think it might be, there might some, be some truth to this, because, I mean, they're more, uh, I've visited around that area, and part of their culture seems to be much more touchy-feely, like, they like to hang oh, out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On the, like, there's a Brazilian supermarket, and they like to just, like, hang out there and loiter and stuff, and that's very... And I thought, like, I thought it was cool, but I remember going around that area with one some Japanese friend, and they thought it was very awkward and strange, because, you know, in Japan, people don't really do that. Right. So. Right, right. So, they, so people were thinking maybe that might be the cause. Oh, yeah. And also, yeah, I yeah. heard they,
0: so, that. Makes sense, yeah.
1: But, yeah, I don't know. They're Even, even though they have, um, I think the population is like. 10 to 15 percent brazilian peruvian but still that's not that much so right. there's probably other there's got to be other factors to it yeah
0: yeah who knows i mean it's there's a lot of you know a lot of factors in all of this stuff so um so yeah. let me uh we're gonna we're gonna wind down here a little bit but i'm gonna ask you about we're gonna do something deeper and then something fun to close but um, i know you have been like you're you're of all the people i know it seems like you're one of my friends who reads the most books still does Mm -hmm. um which as a writer gives me hope that people out there still read books Um, (laughs) but you've uh i know you've gotten into stoicism and Uh i don't know if you have any stoic thoughts that you want to share or anything that like you've been into recently it doesn't have to be about stoicism but anything you've been exploring lately in your reading Oh, uh, <laughs> oh it's uh hmm or even even <laughs> like even even know. another way to ask would be how stoicism yeah. has helped
1: you like is it um, oh okay something like well that? Uh, unfortunately i will not i haven't really been i i kind of got i was really into stoicism like a year year and a half ago but lately just i mean the past few months i haven't i've been kind of neglecting it and I really should get back into it because I think it it helps a lot with like dealing with uh, you know daily life. Uh, the whole philosophy I think is about kind of determining what you what you as an individual are um, able to actually do, and being able to try to ignore anything that's out of your control ultimately Mm. it's about understanding what's in your control and what's out of your control and trying to get rid of the anxiety and depression and um and trying to live basically live the best kind of life that you possibly can by using uh rat you know rash uh uh, logic understanding Mm. yeah um but i yeah i mean i I'm human and it's very hard, even like the, the philosophy itself has some very uh, simple ideas, yet it's extremely hard to follow their, their rules, you know? Right, right. <laughs> But if you could, if you could, like I, I think if you could follow them, you would be able to live a very satisfying life if you were able to not worry about, uh, you know, things that are out of your control. Like, for example, like any pretty much anything on Facebook, anything to do with politics, really, we don't have any hardly any control over it. So uh, according to like a stoic, it's fine to like care about it and it's fine to like, you know, maybe try to change some things if you can. But ultimately, you have to understand that you have no control whatsoever over it. And. And if you can do that, there's comfort in that. In mm-hmm. a sense, you just kind of accept it. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I kind of went through that last year, actually, because I was, you know, I was a big a Bernie guy and I was feeling, you know, I was using my blog and my podcast to talk about Bernie and then it was like, suddenly Bernie is no longer <laughs> running. And, you know, it was like that kind of some that that was another aspect of the coronavirus thing that was to me kind of shocking because it seemed like it just happened. Um Yeah in a week or whatever, you know, like, the Super Tuesday, like, um, but it kind of dawned on me last year, just this idea that, like, you know, civilization is, like, this giant, you know, some people say it's, like, the Titanic or whatever, and I actually heard Brett Weinstein bringing him up again, like, say something about, you know, like, I don't know how to steer the Titanic, and I don't even know where the room to steer it is, you know, and it's, like <laughs> so... Mm-hmm that's kind of that letting go of you know and so for me i often look at um like a lot of the way i follow politics is like it's just almost like a sporting event it's almost like like an entertainment it's almost like a novel it's a drama that i'm involved in but i'm not really the narrator of this thing i'm just you know an observer and so that's why that's why i i'll have my discussions with people but i don't really hold all that seriously though like this is the way you know like i just it doesn't it, it if nothing else it doesn't it leads and this i think is a stoic attitude it leads to unhappiness if you're holding on to like you know like this is how it has to be and then when it doesn't work well it's out of your control but if you continue to this is how it has to be you're just going to get unhappy you know Um, yeah and it it, one more thing on that is just made me when you're talking it made me think of something i learned in alcoholics anonymous which is the serenity prayer and i don't know if yeah can, yeah and that's oh, yeah, probably yeah, straight I, I i would imagine that's connected to the stoics i mean that's it's so yeah
1: that's that's pretty much stoic 101 i think yeah, that, right, that, that's right. very, I, i'm i would assume that the author of that the serenity prayer i think he's he wrote it sometime in the mid 1800s or something yeah, I, think that's but, right. I would, yeah, yeah. but i would assume that he must have been knowledgeable about um stoicism and they used right. to teach i believe they actually used to teach about um the stoics in, in um in public schools back in the eighteen hundred. anything prior to the 1800s all the the greek and the roman um right. stoics they taught and I, I think it's kind of a shame that they don't anymore
0: yeah so. yeah i'm uh on saturday i'm going to be talking with a friend who i made through the rebelism group and
1: he wrote this book. Oh, the Tao of Sustainable Development. Nice. A new, A new post-capitalistic post-capitalist paradigm.
0: paradigm. Yeah, it's, um. and anyway, the final chapter is on uh, education. And mm-hmm. he asked me to give that, I, 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 he asked me to, he sent this to me on his dime, which is very nice, and asked me if I could just read at least chapters one and two, and then this chapter on education, and we're going to chat tomorrow, about, um, or Saturday, uh, about some of the thoughts I had, and you know, I, I, I haven't done this in a while, and today actually, when I went out my walk, I was like thinking about, okay, what things do I really need to focus on, and one of the things is education, and learning about um i used to listen to like education podcasts and stuff but also like the kind of history of education and like you said like there used to be a lot more teaching of how to think and you know like teaching the classics that you know the greeks the philosophers and then what happened was the industrial revolution came along and school became a place to train people to become worker bees you know in a way or managers of worker bees you know it became a the goal was to you know for the the engine the economic engine and um and we're still like our schools are still kind of in that paradigm and so um i hope we can like uh, you know move towards some more schooling that does have that you know those elements because it does seem to be a lot of schooling nowadays is just focused so much on career and all this and it's like that's all Fine and dandy, but that's not the only thing that makes a human a human, you know. So, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm not, I'm actually not very familiar with what, what they're teaching in America these days. So, but
0: yeah, no, yeah. Um, I'm kind of, yeah, fallen it a little bit, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So, now let's finish up with the fun stuff because last week, as we were talking about this, you mentioned that you like to drive virtual big rigs,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: and that that actually sounded really appealing to me because as i told you i uh you know i i enjoyed the grand theft auto games but for me i I more enjoyed the kind of like some of them. there's a mission on those games where you drive a truck and you deliver shit and Uh (laughs) i like just kind of driving around the countryside and like you know you'd see a damsel in distress and you stop and you help her you know i like those kind of little side missions you know I always did yeah. the story to see what the story was, but I didn't care so much about the, and actually had my own objections to a lot of the, the violence or whatever. But um, but yeah, the mm-hmm. virtual big rig sounds like a good little hobby and a good way to consume listening to podcasts. Um,
1: yeah, while you're, yeah. While you're
0: doing it. Tell me about your virtual big rig driving and any favorite experiences okay. or whatever.
1: Well, actually, uh, I just wanted to say I'm going to bring up Stoicism again. <laughs> I had kind of a Stoic moment where I had to use the philosophy last night because so I play this game called Euro Truck Simulator 2, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, I was all excited to play it last night, but it turns out that um, they did like an update to the program, which right. is normally great for people who just play the base game but there are these things called like mods Mm -hmm. and this, this particular game is very cool and they allow uh, outside third party people, um, just basically fans of the game to create their own maps and stuff. So some people have made extensive maps of Europe and I've got a few of these mods, but unfortunately due to the update, um, the mod developers were um or maybe they are we aware that there's going to be an update but because there's a new update the mod developers also will need to uh update their own mods in order mm. for for you to be able to play the game with the mods so i wasn't able to play last night and i probably won't be able to play for like a week possibly two i don't even know if i'm gonna be able <laughs> to figure out how to get it to work because uh, oh wow so but it's my i mean it's a very small thing but right, you know stoicism right, yeah. can deal with anything you, know? so. <laughs> right,
0: right. you can't control it i guess um, yeah but yeah but
1: i mean to some people i mean i'm not really a gamer some people that's their life so mm. yeah it could be a very stoic <laughs> right but anyway right. the game the, the, the game it, the game itself yeah it's uh it's it's pretty dorky it's <laughs> you, you just uh you've got uh you start out with a truck and you uh or or actually you don't start out with a truck you start out uh work like you go to certain companies around europe and you drive trucks for them and deliver goods all across europe and eventually you earn money and then once you earn enough money you can buy your own truck and then you can buy your own (laughs) garage and then eventually hire new drivers and stuff um and they also have american truck truck simulator which uh is a bit newer but it's not as developed. They right, only right. have. Uh, let's see. It's mainly west. Yeah, just west coast right now. And they've got Washington, Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. however you pronounce that? Oh, I, I, I
0: say Oregon, but people say it different. Oregon. Yeah, and some okay. people even say some people. Well, it is Washington, but some some of our our more rural dwelling fellows in Washington, call yeah. Wor- Washington, Washington. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All <laughs> right, that's cool. Yeah, but uh, Oregon, yeah.
0: Oregon. Yeah, doesn't matter.
1: What else? California, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, um, Utah, Idaho, and Colorado. And oh, they're going to be cool. adding yeah. Wyoming and Texas as well. Oh, nice. um, and some of those are, are uh, what do you call it? Downloadable paid content. Like you'd have to right. pay extra. So the right. base game comes with California, Nevada, and Arizona. Okay. But yeah, it's good. I mean, it's uh, it's a nice way. Oh, right. There's no goal, really. I mean, except to earn... you however you want whatever your goal is i mainly yeah. i i don't even to be honest i don't even really use my own truck because uh like in order to use your own truck you'd have to you go to a city and then your next mission you'd have to start out in the mission where you uh, start out in the city where you had last parked your truck whereas okay. if you work for work for other companies you can choose whatever city you want and then just go you know go from there right right. so but yeah it's just a good way to relax and you can listen to music or listen to a podcast and uh and and due to uh what do you call it um due to corona like you know i've been indoors a lot so i want to experience getting out and that's my way (laughs) Right, that's my way of enjoying the outdoors
0: right right well i guess i think i also got into uh, also by rockstar games uh red dead redemption which is you know set in um Burn of the 20s like late late 1800s early 1900s wild it's kind of a wild west right yeah um and like i love like the the second one that came out like that's the last game i was really playing until my son basically took the playstation 4 and put it in his room um, <laughs> But, like I one thing that amazed me about that game was you put them on put on headphones and play and like the sound like birds would be going overhead and it was all 3d and you know I had my we bought a monitor is a good sized monitor so it really felt like you were immersed in this natural world and I was playing in the winter so it was hard to go out here and it's not that nice and so you know I'd ride around and on my horse and then I'm like Jump in the river yeah. you know like this is <laughs> yeah, so, yeah i, I even I, I downloaded, know the
1: appeal. i even downloaded i'm not a hunter i've never hunted in my life but just just the experience walking in the out virtually taking hikes and stuff right i, I downloaded a game called uh hunter call of the wild and it's amazing right. like right. it really feels like you're in i mean it's like my, miles like 100 100 to 200 square miles or something like that of right of nature it's awesome <laughs> yeah,
0: it's crazy like on, on red dead redemption like there's you know all sorts of hunting opportunities and like there's a mission where you have to like go kill this grizzly bear and it's terrifying man <laughs> yeah <laughs> the things like coming after you and it's you know it's big old bear and you have to you know part of my problem uh one of the reasons i besides my son taking the actual hardware uh i was also playing a major league baseball game but oh, cool. I was noticing, I was noticing in the last, like, couple of years that I was playing, like, I'm having more trouble, like, these games are getting, like, my hand-eye coordination isn't what it used to be, you know?
1: Oh. Um
0: And huh. so, like, I'm striking out more, man, like, I want to hit a home run, so I'd be, like, I don't right, know. Set, set the, move the setting down a little bit, <laughs> Yeah. you know? Like, I want to be, That's like, the- a legendary player, like, I don't want to strike out, these guys are too difficult, so. Then <laughs> you know, and, and even on that, on Red Dead Redemption, you know, like some of the missions, it's like, and now like my son, you know, he's a gamer and I'll, he'll be like, dad, come watch me play this. And I find like, it just moves around so fast that it's like, I can't, um, I can't process it, you know? And it's yeah. like, my, my brain's just not um, working on that wavelength anymore. But, uh, but you know, just driving a truck around, delivering some groceries, maybe saying hi to grandma. It sounds like a yeah. kind, of, kind of game I could play. Yeah, try it out. <laughs> I'll get try. It. I'll see. I've got, I've got some things I gotta, I gotta focus on, but yeah, it might be a good way to like give myself yeah. a little break, you know, cause it's hard to find stuff that's relaxing to do, you know?
1: Yeah. Get it while it's on sale. Like, um, sometimes it's like 75% off. on. Okay. Online.
0: And you said it's on, uh, available on you, steam, steam, cool. right? Steam. All right. I'll have a look. Um, all right. Well, we've been talking a while. I didn't actually. I was going to time this, and uh, but you know, first time for everything. Okay. And I also forgot to plug in my microphone. Um, also, my son has stolen for his <laughs> oh, <laughs> Stolen <no>. in quotes, <laughs> but, but we okay. just we, we share it basically. But um, so, yeah, it's good listeners, <laughs> if my voice didn't come across very well, I apologize because I'm using my old computer audio. This is a this is a trial run, and I appreciate. Uh, and also the one thing i forgot to ask you at the start of this and um, yeah to pronounce did i pronounce your last name correctly i well to, i think <laughs> to we've honest, had a discussion before I, yeah. I
1: don't know how i'm actually supposed to pronounce my last yeah, name because I I, I don't, I, i've looked it up online tried to find genealogy and i don't know if it's german if it's french if it's spanish um there's a large i mean not a large but there's Val, I pronounce it Valor. Like, Valor, I don't know if okay. my dad, I think my dad, my dad was in the Air Force and my grandfather was in the uh, Navy. So maybe they thought it would sound cool to, to pronounce it that way, like V-A-L-O-R, Valor, but, it's, yeah, Valor. It's, but it's actually Brave. V-A-L-L-A-R. if it's spanish it would be like vadiar (laughs) Vadiar, and french would be i I think i use
0: i went with the french vallar
1: yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. that's how most people i think pronounce it when they first see it so if anybody any listeners out there want to look up my (laughs) name i'd be very glad and appreciated if you could find out the origin (laughs)
0: yes all right well that's a that's a if we have listeners who homework. are listening yeah. that's your homework <laughs> <laughs> that's a big if at this point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right man well uh it's a kind of it's a little more overcast today than i was hoping but the temperature's nice
1: um, yeah it's comfortable absolutely you
0: gotta you've got a day off so enjoy your yeah. day off What what are your what are your plans you're going to go out for a
1: uh yeah probably go for a little hike well, i don't know if you call it a hike go up a hill so go kind of hiking <laughs> all right yeah so, we'll see yeah. how it goes yeah, yeah. and i'm it gonna try true. to
0: actually ride my bike i have been very lazy this winter and actually put on some weight as a result so
1: oh no today. let's uh let's play yeah. some pro uh crow golf sometime. crow golf yeah park golf, golf? Yeah. Park golf yeah yeah well maybe um
0: wait, you're what day what day are you off through
1: uh i'm off well tomorrow and then uh, monday and tuesday of next, next monday, week but yeah. actually i don't i think my son will be home so uh
0: yeah
1: yeah, yeah.
0: all right well, well let's uh let's see if we can figure out a, a day sometime please. sounds sounds yep. good all right all right man well i appreciate you coming on the show and uh yeah. we'll, see, nice uh, we'll see yeah we'll see if it <laughs> actually works the recording but uh,
1: all right hopefully yeah all right, dude. If it <laughs> doesn't, a it one. doesn't.
0: It was a good talk. So, you know. Yeah,
1: nice chatting with you. Nice All catching right, up. Yep. Have Take a good year. See you.